0: Those of you remaining in the sanctuary, turn with me, please, to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. We're going to read verses 13 through 18. As you know, this we've been teaching on the spirit of strife. And I first want to uh, tell all of you who have commented to me on a personal basis about how this is ministered to you. Uh, I knew when I prepared this that it was a message from the Lord for our church. I believe that it is a message from the Lord for every Christian church because I believe one of the main enemies... Of Christians today is the spirit of strife. When we finish this lesson, by the way, next week, or in, in the weeks to come, uh, we have Easter coming up and things like that. But we will uh, go into another enemy that is just as deadly as strife. We're going to examine. And see what God's word says about the spirit of compromise. I will tell you now that just as this grew, as I was preparing it, that has grown as well. And God's word has so much to say in these areas that we have to realize that these were priority areas for the Holy Spirit because there's literally hundreds of scriptures in the Bible that go to each one of these areas. How many believe if God spent a lot of time in His Word on a subject that it's important to us? Amen. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me, please, one more time? Father, I'm asking once again for your anointing. I'm asking, Lord, that you would help me speak what is necessary this morning so that our spirits will be fed by your word and so that we can go out of here better for having sat under your word today. And I ask, Lord, that you would anoint every ear here today to hear what is meant for them. And I ask all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Read, begin reading with me verse 13. We're going to read through the end of the chapter to verse 18. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Now you have to remember, uh, St. James was writing this to the church. How many of you understand that? He said, Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, the word self-seeking there in the original King James was strife, and that was a better translation. In your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, demonic. How many can see that James was really coming down hard on this type of thing? How many of you know he was writing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and under apostolic authority? So it's the same as God saying this. Everybody say amen. For where envy and strife exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who Make peace. By the way, the word "sensual" up at, at, in verse fifteen is a Greek word. It's so, so if I'm right. It is uh, living in the domain of your five senses, and it means that you are concerned only about this life. And how many of you know that there are a lot of people living like that today? I also want to tell you today that I'm going to speak to you about a topic that you may have never heard before. The subtopic of this is being in strife with yourself. How many heard what I said? So one more time, where envy and strife exist, confusion and every evil will be there. Why? Because the demon spirit of strife does not come alone. He always brings other spirits with him, and he never comes empty-handed. How many of you know who Joyce Myers is? Great, great female teacher in the body of Christ today. She said, The evil spirit, our demon of strife, has a set of armor that he brings with him, contrary to the set of armor that God gives us if we're walking in righteousness. And she names that set of armor, she says, that it's the helmet of pride. Everybody say that, say the helmet of pride. The breastplate of unrighteousness, the the sword of bitterness, the the shield of hate, the hammer of judgment, the the cloak of deception, deception. shoes shoes of anger, and speaking the speaking forth of untruth or lies. Everybody say, that's a lot. lot. She has tapped into something there, I believe, and I believe what she says is absolutely true. Because if you will study people who are in strife all the time, every one of those elements that were mentioned there is present in their life. We were created to be a creature of relationships. I want you to contemplate that just for a second. First and foremost is our relationship with God. Everybody say that is important. But then God, in His word said that our relationships with one another was also very important. Amen? And we're going to find out through the study today that the third part of that relationship is our relationship with ourself. This is very important. By the way, Nick, you didn't just pick those songs. You weren't humming those songs for no reason. Every song in the praise and worship service today added to the message that was going to be preached today. And I'll assure you, he had no idea of where we were going. He preached, or he uh, in his songs, he actually did preach about our relationship with Jesus. Look at somebody right now and say, "It's all about Jesus." Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter three, verses ten and eleven. 1 Peter chapter three, verses ten and eleven. Read along with me. And it should be up behind me. It says, He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking lies or deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good, and let him seek peace and pursue it. Am I pretty close? Understand that this was instruction given to us. And what St. Peter did here was he gave us four principles that must be followed if we as Christians want to enjoy our life. These four principles are necessary. Keep your tongue from evil. Turn away from wickedness. Do right, and then search for peace. And this is very, very important. How many of you want to go out of here with victory in your life this morning? You will listen to every word that is said here today because every single point is based on the Word of God. It's not my opinion. It's God's Word. How many of you know that that's what counts anyway? As you've often heard me say, opinions are like belly buttons. Everybody has one. Right? I've oftentimes spoken with people and they're having difficulty in their life, and I'll tell them what the Word of God says. Well, I just don't believe that that's right for me. And I'll look them right dead bang in the eye and say, well, there's your problem. How many are listening to me? If you're at disagreement or at odds with the word of God, I'll tell you right now, God's not wrong. I'll let that sink in just for one second. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says this Death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? How many of you believe God meant that when He said it? Yeah. And it says, Those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what you say in your life is what you're going to have. What you say with your mouth. How many of you know, based on that alone, we should put a guard on our lips? Mm -hmm. Peter said, keep your tongue from evil. If we have the power and life and death in our mouth, that means that we can bring blessing, blessing or misery into our life with our word. Anybody ever have occasion to get angry with someone? Huh? Can I see your hand? Anybody ever just feel like giving them a piece of your mind? Well, my advice to you is this. Don't do it because you need all of your mind you have. Amen? Amen? We must choose our words carefully if we want to enjoy life. Then, he said, turn away from evil our wickedness. Turn away from it. There's a great passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. It's Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It said, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, nor stands in the path of sinners. Amen? How many of you can see that our relationship with sin is not supposed to be a choice or a practice? Our relation, in fact, when sin comes into our life, it should be be because it caught us unaware. We should not be a practitioner of sin. He goes on to say, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he will meditate day and night. You want to keep from doing what's wrong? Meditate in the word of God. You want to keep your mouth from speaking something that's wrong? Put the word of God in your heart because out of your heart the abundance of your mouth speaks. Is everybody with me? Come on. And then it goes on to give you a promise. It says if you'll do these things you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Your leaf will not wither and everything that you put your hand to will be blessed. Somebody say praise God. See these are promises from God if we will do things His way. But when we turn away from evil that means that it takes action on our part to remove ourselves from evil circumstances. Amen? What's that mean, Pastor Ron? That means you have a choice to make. You can live in a wicked environment or you can refuse to live in a wicked environment. And I'm telling you, if you don't know, the world is just becoming more wicked every day. Our homes, a Christian's home, should be a place of refuge for him and his family. Somebody say, praise God. You also may need to alter friendships. What's that mean, Pastor Ron? Pick your friends carefully if you associate with only worldly people, did you know that that's why God created the church? Right. So that we could have a fellowship. Yes. Right. Amen. That means as Christians, we're supposed to fellowship with one another. Right. Right. And when Christians fellowship with one another, What usually happens is they usually build one another up. Amen? I'm not saying you can't have friends that aren't Christians. But I am telling you that you need to minimize your time with them. And at every opportunity, you need to tell them of their need for Jesus Christ. In a responsible way. You know, I mean, don't take the book and beat them over the head with it. You know, we've done that before, too, and it didn't work. You know. Somebody say amen. amen. But when you have friends, and if they say something that's contrary to the Word of God or contrary to your conscience, if it's contrary to your conscience, you say, I'm not, I'm not participating in that. I'm having nothing to do with it. Amen. And if it's contrary to the word of God, tell them. That's not what God said. Amen? And then if they still choose to go in that direction, that's on them. But you are responsible and told them the truth. Amen? How many of you know we're supposed to be arbiters of truth? Right? In our life. Amen? So this, this is very, very important that we get this right. How many of you know when you end some friendships, well, I'll put it this way. New beginnings sometimes requires old endings. Amen? Okay. Then Peter said, do right. The only way that I know how to do right is if we first made the decision that we're not going to do wrong anymore. if we are still doing wrong while we're trying to do right, that makes us two-faced. How many heard me? And double-minded. And God said, a double-minded man will be unstable in all of his way. And he should not expect to receive from the Lord what he's asked for. Wow. How many heard what I just said? Now, understand what we're talking about here. Look at somebody right now and say, there are definite choices to make. What are you saying, Pastor Ron? I'm telling you what the Apostle Peter was telling you. What he said was this. That repentance is twofold. The first thing you have to do is you have to turn from evil. And the second thing you have to do is turn to God. Right? You know, there's a lot of things that people can turn away from, like a, a drug addict can turn away from drugs, or an alcoholic can turn away from alcohol, and they can enter into a 12 step program. But if that 12-step program is not centered in the Lord Jesus Christ, they haven't turned to the right source. Only Jesus can change you. Reform is not enough. And I know everybody talks about education today. Well, you need more education. You can have a Ph.D. and all those other letters after your name and be an educated heathen if you're not in Christ Jesus. How many heard me now? I'm serious. Is this important, Pastor Ron? You better believe it's important. You look how many scriptures that we've covered already. Somebody say amen. If we don't start doing what we know to be right... It won't be long until we're lured back into our old lifestyle. You know, when someone gets saved, there has to be change in their life. When I was a young man before Christ in my life, and then I got saved, nobody that I ran with had to ask, had Ron changed? In fact, they didn't want him to hang around with me anymore. They said, he's a Jesus freak now, which is okay with me. Turn with me to Ephesians very quickly, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? To him be glory in Christ, by Christ Jesus forever. I'm reading in the wrong, uh, that's okay. 17, go with me, quickly. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk in the rest as the rest of the world or the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. How many of you know that we were futile without Christ? How many of you know what the word futile means? If you think about it, that's an awful word. In other words, you didn't have a chance. Feudal means you were bow- you were on your way to hell. You were on your way to eternal damnation. And there wasn't a thing that you could do about it apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Man. Now I want you to understand what we're talking about. They had their understanding darkened. They were alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past filling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. How many of you can see the current world in this passage of scripture? Amen but you have not so learned Christ. Everybody look at somebody and say, we haven't learned that from Jesus. You have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, you should put off concerning your former conduct. Everybody say, put it off. Put Put off that old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and then put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, people pray, Christians pray on a regular basis. God, uh, make me this, and God, make me that. God's not going to make you anything. I'm here to share the truth with you this morning. And that prayer is an unanswerable prayer. God's not going to dress you in his armor. It's your responsibility to dress yourself. Once you're saved and your sin has been removed, it's your responsibility to put off the old man and to put on the new man. How many are listening to me now? That's not our, you know, way of thinking. We, sometimes we just think like God's going to do everything for us. God did everything he was going to do for us at Calvary. How many got that? At the cross. And, at, and through the resurrection of his son. Our victory was assured. Amen? That's why we celebrate Easter. Amen? We celebrate what was accomplished by Jesus on our behalf. We need to stop being so lazy that we expect God to do everything for us. There's a couple of passages of scripture in the New Testament. One's in Ephesians, the other one is in Galatians, I believe. And it says, Grow up! Look at somebody and say, Grow up! (laughs) Therefore, put away lying. If you were a liar before, stop lying and start speaking the truth. You can be angry. It says right here, but you cannot sin. So just getting angry in and of itself is not sin. But even if you didn't sin when you got angry, if you let the sun go down on your anger, then you're going to be in, pro- in trouble. It's right here. Let him who's, uh, who was uh, a thief steal no more. let him labor working with his hands let him do what's good that he will have something to give to him who has need Amen. by the way i want i want to share something with you right here today if, are you a christian if you're a christian say I'm a christian. I'm a christian when you work for someone you don't work for a wage you work for seed Everything that you earn belongs to God. And he instructs you on what you're supposed to do with it. And if you are sowing the proper seed, and by the way, that starts with tithing. Understand and know that. you know. If you're just working for a wage, you're working far beneath... your status in Jesus Christ. Because God said if we would take the seed that he has given us and do right with it, he would open the windows of heaven and pour out on us blessings that we would not have room to receive. Now, I I just want to ask you, what else do you have need of other than that? That's a rabbit trail, but it needed to be said. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Speak only what is good and necessary for edification. How many are there with me? Come on. Why? So that it will impart grace to those who are listening to you. It's my job to impart grace. That's what he said. Amen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Everybody say amen to the reading of God's word. Look at somebody and say, put off the old man, man." then put on the new one. Are you with me this morning? And then Peter finally said, search for peace. This means that sometimes you will have to search or pursue peace. It's not going to fall in your lap. Desiring peace without action will accomplish nothing. That's Southern for nothing. I know I do that once in a while. <laughs> Even my daughters tell me, Dad, you sounded southern today. <laughs> I want to ask you a very personal question. And I want every one of you to think of it before, before you answer yourself. It does, it's not an out loud answer. You answer this for yourself. Are you at peace with yourself? Only you know. This is a major problem with many people today. Let me tell you this, just in case you don't know. Did you know that you spend more time with yourself than anybody else? In fact, you can't get away from yourself. If you don't get along with yourself, you probably won't get along with other people. Some experts are telling us that we need to learn how to accept ourselves. And many say this is harder than it sounds. Now this is only true if we are in Christ. Understand I'm not putting forth this feel-good stuff. But according to many experts today, self-rejection and self-hatred are two of the biggest problems that some people have to deal with. What causes that, Pastor Ron? Condemnation. I'll tell you something else, too. If you can't get along with yourself, you can't get along with others. If you can't enjoy yourself, you won't enjoy other people either. Does Does any of this make sense? I believe that the way we see ourselves is in a large part the way other people will see us. The way we see ourselves determines how we carry ourselves. Somebody say, Amen. We don't have time to go there. We're running out of time this morning. But in Numbers chapter 13, there's a story about uh, Moses sending spies into Canaan. How many of you remember that story? You know, he sent 12, right? How many of you know that 10 of the 12 came back with a negative report? The only two, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two that came back with a positive report. The other ten said, we are like grasshoppers, even in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. They they were talking about these men uh, in this country that God was going to give them, and they didn't think that they could do what God told them they had to do. First of all, God will never tell you to do anything, and not empower you to do it. But they had a major problem. They came back with this report. Joshua goes on to say in the 14th chapter, uh, you know, it, it, it tore him up so bad, he went into uh, sackcloth and ashes. He was a mighty man of valor. And so was Caleb. If you are carrying shame and reproach around from your past, you must deal with it before a victorious Christian life will emerge. How many heard what I just said? Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the Spirit. How many has read that passage of Scripture before? So if you are in Christ Jesus, if you are a born-again Christian, if you are taking your problems to the throne, if you are trying to deal with them, you should not be walking around in condemnation. That is contrary to the Word of God. The number one reason that Christians reject themselves is because of mistakes. How many heard what I just said? I believe it would be easy to accept ourselves if we had no flaws. But we all have flaws. Right? If you don't believe me that I have them, ask Martha. Mm. We all make mistakes. Somebody say amen. In fact, I found out a long time ago that what I do is not always perfect. And I had to learn how to separate my who from my do. How many heard that? I know you got it. This is liberating truth today for you, straight from the word of God. In Romans chapter three and Romans chapter four, it talks a lot about God's righteousness being imparted to us through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never read those passages of scripture, you need to go home. In fact, you need to read the whole book of Romans. Even the great apostle Paul had problems. Somebody say amen. Look at someone right now and say, you have tremendous worth and value to God. How do you know that, Pastor Ron? Because God said so. He said, we are the delight of his heart. Amen. Amen. God said, he is always thinking thoughts of peace and not evil about us right now and he's always there to give our future uh, us a future and hope these are the words of god i'm telling you this morning we're purchased with the shed blood of the lord jesus christ god's only son that's how much god thought about us are you with me today He paid the highest price possible for us. This is so important that we grasp this. So please stop, if you're doing it, rating yourself as unusable because you are weak in some areas. The plain simple fact is this. We all have areas that we're challenged in. How many are listening to me today? God is offering each person here this morning the opportunity to be of one one of Jesus' success stories. Will you accept that fact today? It's the only question. In fact, Scripture says our weakness. Gives Jesus the opportunity to show his power and glory. Oh, Pastor Ron, are you glossing over our weakness? Not at all. But I'm trying to tell you, don't wear yourself out trying to get rid of your weaknesses. Instead, why don't you give it to Jesus? Jesus. He knows exactly how to deal with it. Many years ago, I smoked. It's the hardest habit I believe that there is in the world to quit. All the smokers say amen. (laughs) I quit, and I picked it back up again. I quit cigarettes and started smoking cigars. I quit cigars and I started smoking a pipe. And I beat myself up over that over and over and over again. And the day that I quit for good was the day that I gave it to Jesus. And he delivered me from it. Amen. And I haven't wanted a cigarette since. How many of you know the disciples were ordinary men? Oh, yes. They, they became the apostles of Christ. And the 12 apostles' names are going to be on the 12 pillars of heaven. Yes, they are very special in the eyes of God, but they started out as mere men as you and I. They were weak just like we are, too. If you don't believe me, read the Gospels. They were constantly bickering and fighting with one another, wanting to know who was going to get the seat next to Jesus. It's kind of like your kids. Who's going to sit in the front seat with Dad? You know. They often displayed impatience. Of course, we wouldn't know anything about that. Anger. Jealousy. Pastor Ron, are you sure the Bible's... Read it! Read the story of Peter and his brother Andrew. James and John and Thomas. They all had faults. Faults. look what they became. You know what? The only disciple that Jesus had that would have been accepted by the religious leaders of the day was Judas. Because he was doing things the way they thought it should be done. He was the treasurer of the group, by the way. How many are listening to me? How many of you know what was in his heart? Mm -hmm. The Bible says he was the son of perdition. Go home and look that word up. All of those whom the world would recommend, Jesus rejected. And all of those who the world rejected, Jesus said, come unto me. Somebody say amen. amen. God said in his word, Trust me and I can do great and mighty works through you. Do you believe that today? Would you stand to your feet this morning? Look at someone right now and say, God's word says, It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. How many heard me? many heard the word of the Lord? Aren't you glad you were here today? Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. But with me all things are possible. If you're in strife with yourself today You're harming yourself in every way possible. I know we all have pasts. Once in a while through the years, I'd run into a guy that I ran with when we ran on the streets. You're a preacher? I said, yeah, I didn't got good. Amen. amen bow your heads with me father i preached your word this morning and father i know that if we will abide in jesus we will bear much fruit and that's what you desire in our life lord i know without you we could do nothing but with you all things are possible So, Father, I pray for those under the sound of my voice this morning. I pray, Lord, that they would receive this message with gladness and thanksgiving today. And I pray that every single person would go out of here knowing that they are of great worth to you. Yes, they have responsibilities to turn from evil and to turn their life over to you. But your grace will help them in every area that they need help if they will just ask for it. Let them see that and know that this morning is my prayer in Jesus' name. Before I make the call, I just want to tell you this. The Word of God says that God chooses the weak and foolish things of this world to confound the wise. None of us are great in the eyes of the world but if you're in Christ Jesus you're a son or a daughter of the living God how many heard me this morning if you're here today and you don't know if you are saved the Holy Spirit is here this morning and he's here to remove all doubt in your life And I'm here as his messenger to pray a prayer of confession and repentance with you. If you would like to give your heart to the Lord this morning. Is there one person here would say, Pastor Ron, I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. But I would like to pray with you this morning. Would you raise your hand? I know this is an opportunity that we give every week. But I will do it until Jesus takes me out of the pulpit or calls me home. Because I don't ever want anybody leaving our church service saying they did not have an opportunity. How many Christians this morning will admit... that you were here, not by accident, but by divine design. Can I see your hand? You believe this was the word of God. Amen? Amen. Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, Father, I've heard your word. word. Thank you you. for speaking to me. me. Lord, it is my desire desire. to be well-pleasing in your sight. I know that you have accepted me. And I want to be empowered by you to bring glory and honor to your name. I surrender my life this morning what's left of it to you. And I promise with your help that I will be everything that you have called me to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give him praise this morning, people. Well, are you glad you were in God's house? Amen. I'm going to uh, pronounce the blessing and dismiss you, but those of you who would like to stay, we have a, the yearly business meeting. Uh, immediately following church. And those of you who are going to leave, you're free to leave. So thank you so much for coming, and see you next time. Amen? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May He give you that peace that passes mortal understanding, and may He fill your life with His unspeakable joy that is full of glory. I bless you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are dismissed.